welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, we talk about Bristol's dramatic 18-16 win against Stade Francais in Paris and hear from Bristol and Stade fans who were at the game. We look ahead to the league game away against Saracens and discuss how Pat may manage the squad over the festive period. And as ever, we finish with our regular Get My Goat feature. I'm Tony and this week I'm joined by Lee and Miles for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well boys, a win away in Paris doesn't get much better than that. What do you think, Lee? No, I totally agree, Tony. I mean... You know, we think, again, we, we keep talking about the history of Stade Francais and, I mean, these guys have been, you know, they've won European Cups. And, you know, I, I know they're they're in decline at the moment, but even still, for me, it's a historical win. We, we go there and we win. Fantastic. Absolutely. And your thoughts, Miles? I thought it was just great. I mean, despite French strikes, all the fans seem to have got there okay, and the players. Um, yeah, I mean, they put out a star-studded team, uh, the French, with some huge internationals in there. You could argue a better team than they brought to Bristol last week. I mean, they had a, the Pumas number 10, Nicolas Sanchez, playing. Who we were actually linked with, what, one or two yeah. year, seasons ago? So, Probably. I mean, a huge team, and I thought we did brilliantly to go there and just sneak the win in the end, so, yeah. Great win in Paris. Well, for regular listeners, you might uh, have noticed that Pete, our resident teacher, is not here. Um, He's outside UK jurisdiction at the moment, but he has sent us this little message. So over to you, Pete. Hi, guys. Uh, Sorry I'm missing the pod tonight, but as you know, uh, I'm on a school trip in Austria. Uh, I only managed to watch a few snippets of the game on my phone unfortunately in between fielding are we nearly there yet questions and also mopping up vomit from a travel sick child uh, which was nice but my main observations were um, Stade Francais looked a a better outfit than last week Um, they had some pretty big units that really tested our defence but it looked like we generally fronted up as we have done all season and and our big boys I thought had big games as far as I could see it was great to see Thacker scoring another try a fantastic catch and it just thinks every week that goes by Leicester must be absolutely kicking themselves few negatives um, I mean were there any French fans there at all I mean it was crazy that looked really bad um, and I've got to say the final five minutes of game management I mean you know every time it seems to happen we had that line out all we had to do as far as I could tell was just get the line out get them all kick it into touch and they went for a six at the back and then lost it and then we had the uh, the late tackle so they had a penalty and I thought and I was watching this on the ferry as we were coming into Calais and I was trying to gather up kids at the same time and, and I really thought we're going to lose this we're going to give away a penalty but thank god they didn't so uh, mustn't grumble as they say so anyway boys I look forward to hearing about your analysis and I hope there'll be plenty of uh, snippets from other people that went to the game have a great week and I'll see you again next Sunday cheers well there we are thanks for that uh, very visual um, story about what you had to clear up on the uh, on the ferry back or, or going to uh, going to the continent yeah, what, what's Pete doing? What, what, where's Graham the uh, caretaker? That's what I would say. Well, there's something about him going on an Austrian yodeling competition with his school, I hear, wasn't he? Oh, it was the yodeling competition, yeah, yeah. was it? The, this oh, cock the and, annual one. This cock and bull about skiing. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, 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 you know. 
no, accepting no. that one. So, some interesting points there from uh, our, our correspondent in Austria. Uh, Bears Beyond the Gate being who we are. Um, we also had our own correspondent at the game. Um, a friend of the podcast, Ryan, was there. And uh, very kindly, he's uh, recorded his thoughts. So, let's just have a listen to uh, Ryan's experiences in Paris this weekend. Hi guys, um, just getting the train back from Paris on the Eurostar at the moment from last night's game, which was a brilliant result for Bristol. Um, nipping it in the end, showing some great, great closing up of that game. Um, something we didn't do against London Irish. Uh, I thought it was a really, really good game. Getting to the stadium was the most difficult thing because of the strike, the Parisian strike. Uh, luckily, we got a taxi there and only had to wait about half an hour to get a taxi home. But once you were in there, the biggest disappointment was it was an empty stadium. Uh, there was there was probably only there's probably about just under the amount of Bristol fans that were there compared to the Stad France. Uh, they've had a wretched season and it was just an empty stadium. It was a gorgeous, brand new stadium. Um, but it was empty. Um, the Stade Francais boys picked a huge pack. A great game, but they, I, mean, I was looking worried in the first half because obviously we weren't up for it in the physicality. We didn't have a Dan Thomas there, someone who could slow down the ball in defence. Our tackling was good, but they just looked dangerous. They had a big boys. But in the last 20 minutes, we completely fronted up. Uh, some really good defensive displays. Matt Prothero had a couple of breaks and looked really electric, but there wasn't that final pass that could send him over. Um, the, our mauling was great, and big Nathan Hughes was was just amazing. He's just he was our go-to man in the first half. Um, one thing about the game which was awful was the Italian ref. He was I hate having a go at refs in rugby, but this guy was out of his depth. There was the breakdown, the mauls, people coming round the side. It was just no man's land. And the Stad fans were going crazy about him. Uh, one lady said I should be ashamed of myself but when uh, we won at the end of the whistle. I said she should be ashamed of her league position, but which didn't go down too well. But generally the Parisians were lovely, great game. Piers O'Connor was totally unlucky. There was a bit of a, could have been under the post, but there was a bit of a comedy moment where he tripped and did a, did a somersault. It was just, yeah, really tough night for the boys away in Paris. Cold night, empty stadium, uh, but we got a result and it's amazing. And, you know, that's the Pat Lamb effect. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, one thing I'll end on, which was really, really good, is between behind both goalposts, they had sets of drummers. So every time there was a scrum, it was... I don't know if you picked it up on the television, but it was... Boom, 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 boom. You know, just before a scrum, and it just gave that really good atmosphere that you'd expect at a French game. So that kind of made up for the disappointment of being an empty stadium. But anyway... Um, I've got to go now. I'm just looking on Expedia for my tickets for Marseille in the final and uh, look forward to listening to you on the pod. Thanks very much. Bye. I think some some really good points there. I think it's it's interesting to um, hear about the, the reaction of the crowd with the referee. Yeah. Um, probably not one of the world's greatest referees and I certainly agree with that point. I think sometimes the malls, um, there seem to be players flying in from 360 degrees yeah. without getting uh, penalised. 
Um, but if he, if he wasn't great, I think he was probably consistently not great for for both sides. So I don't I don't think there was a a kind of yeah. particular advantage one way or and the other. In in his one defence, I would say as well, he, he wasn't helped by the the TMO because he couldn't see the screen and he was listening, you know, through the headphones uh, and being ordered what was happening on a lot of the occasions as well. So. I mean, I know that doesn't excuse a lot of the decisions, but you know, it probably didn't put them on the on the best footing. I would say. Yeah, I mean, there've been a lot of talk about that how this weekend. In fact, that the fact that the non-televised games have not had TMOs and there's been some rather tragic decisions. So we've had the mm. luck of a TMO, but we didn't really work, did it? Yeah. <laughs> no. no. And let's face it, we'd be exactly the same at Ashton Gate, wouldn't we? Yeah, we moan pretty much every ref, week. We? Yeah, we moan about most things every <laughs> week. Even, even a good ref, more than Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but of course, in uh, you know, we we want to be balanced as well. And those of you that listened to the show last week would have heard our, our new friend Remy, um, who was over at Ashton Gate watching Stade Francais. Um, we asked him whether he'd be kind enough to um, give us his thoughts after the game. So here is uh, Remy with. Uh, what he observed at the stadium. So I think it's interesting because we, we've heard the comment there from Ryan about the empty stadium, which I think all of us that watch the game on the TV um, notice, which, you know, the initial thought was very disappointing. But let's let's get Remy's perspective on that. Hello, good people from the Kingdom of England and Wales, and especially from Bristol. This is Remy from Paris, and I'm trying to make my first podcast here tonight, so be lenient with any shortcomings or flaws. We had a cracking game. We had a cracking game because that came so agonizingly close. And finally, Bristol snatched victory from the jaws of defeat uh, with a beautiful uh, collective try. And, uh, well, that's about it. Uh, We ought to thank um, Bristol away supporters for a very nice and warm evening at our stadium. And unfortunately, the strikes prevented the Stade Francais fans from showing en masse. So, uh, what's to be remembered from the game? I'd say Hughes and that man with a strange name, Prothero, apparently Prothery, Prothero. Uh, who was a fantastic runner all over the park throughout the game until he was replaced uh, at the 70th minute, I believe. And uh, on Stade Francais side, we had a beautiful Weiser who is coming back from a Fijian World Cup. And the Flying Fijian scored a nice, very nice try. Now, um, of course, Sour Grapes, Sour Grapes, uh, was that pass really forward, the pass uh, that could have led to a beautiful uh, try by Mr. Lapeg. Uh, well, the ref is a ref, so he's always right. So uh, that's all I have to say tonight. And uh, you'll forgive me for adding a personal note, but I was burying a friend this morning. And so be kind with your family and always love them. And remember, uh, they are the most precious thing you have on earth. Talk to you some other day and come on, Bristol. Let's win the bloody cup now. 
Well, there we are. And I, I think quite a, a poignant last point there. Um, you know, we, we all love our rugby, but uh, it does put it into perspective. I think I think rugby is, it's, it's a rugby family. And, um, you know, as we as we approach Christmas, it is a time that uh, we we should all be thinking of friends and family, whether that's within the rugby community or in with our own personal lives. So uh, poignant point there by Remy. Thank you so much for yeah. recording that. Um, and you'll also hear maybe a little bit later in the podcast a lovely rendition of um, Blackbird by some Bristol fans actually in the stadium um, that Remy also recorded for in us. In tune as well. They sound better than us as well. Well, yeah, well done, lads. absolutely. X Factor, here we go. So um, let's let's have our thoughts on the game. Um, I, I think that first 20 minutes, it, it we, we were really scrappy. There were lots of knocks on, passes weren't quite going. Um, you know, they were being thrown a bit wild. Um, but I have to be say again, I, I, I said this last week, fair play to Stade Francais. I think, you know... They did pick a big team, they were very physical and they, they stopped us playing the kind of game that we wanted and, yeah. and I think forced us into some of those errors. Lee, what do you? What was your observation? I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I was worried at the start, obviously, um, when Le Pague went over after two or three minutes mm-hmm. and thankfully it was a forward pass and they'd won the ball early then and I started thinking oh no this is this is going to be a tough night and and let's face it we all agreed that we knew it was it was going to be a tough game anyway Stade Francais they were going to put a decent side out uh, they don't want to get beaten at home you know they're they're still proud and um, I was worried and like you said it was error strong for the first 20 minutes completely um, but then once we got our stride, we started to to get slowly get into the game. I thought, and and then we, you know, we kind of kept ourselves in it, didn't we? You know, Absolutely. yeah. I mean, it was sort of a bit of an error string half, wasn't it? The sort of penalty to Bristol one minute, penalty stand, penalty Bristol. It, it wasn't a classic game, was it? But I, mean, I failed to see how why Stad are bottom of the top fourteen. Well, there's some stats I picked up this morning. They've scored 10, 10 points in 10 matches in the league. I mean, that's pretty poor, isn't it? And a minus 182 points uh, mm. uh, points difference. But that team that came out, I mean, that seemed far from it, didn't it? Yeah. They're huge boys, play really well as a team, uh, and they were up for it. I think when we talked to the fans last week at Ashton Gate, they were saying that the spirit that they showed down at the gate and some of the players that have returned from the World Cup, they, they you know, they were really lifted, although they didn't get the result. Um, and I'm sure there'll be big disappointment um, the other side of the channel with losing so late on. But again, if they can show that kind of commitment and force, I think for the rest of the league season, yeah. you, you'd struggle to see them being uh, bottom of the league. I mean, they said the you know the, the Remy and uh, Papa Frank last week. They said there was a new start that they could see, and you could see the shoots now of of um, you know they're they're coming back into the league games. I think they'll. I, they're, they're not going to be at the bottom yeah, of the league since they sat, the sat the coach yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the turning point yeah, it's a new start for them and I, do you know what I'm a massive Stad fan, uh, fan now because well you've got the cap haven't you after I've last got, week I, I, I now have the cap you do like to dress in pink as well don't you Lee you know when you that's <laughs> <laughs> just on a weekend normally <laughs> though Miles but yeah you know when you when you meet fans like that and you, you, you just have that respect and you want to follow their team as well and you know they're brilliant and they, they won't be at the bottom of the season uh, bottom of the table for long 
No, hopefully not. Well, let's let's have a look at our performances then. In the pack, I thought um, uh, a sterling effort by the uh, front row there. I thought Lahif uh, had a, a particularly good game. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Vui moved out to um, flanker for this one. Um, we had Holmes and Joyce as locks. Um, Holmes probably is going to be a little bit disappointing, handling errors, and of course, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit in a minute. Um, our game management, as Pete alluded to in his little snippet, you know, that late hit could yeah. well have cost us the yeah, game. Quite. And I think Pat said on his post-match interview that the brothers in the team got Ed um, yeah. you know, out of jail on yeah. that one. Um, but Nathan Hughes, again, what a beast. Miles, right. what, 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 I mean, what were your thoughts I mean, on Nathan's he, performance? Just amazing. When he was making some line breaks, sometimes as quick as the backs, he was fantastic. I remember a couple of weeks ago, Pete alluded to this, doesn't he? You find like Holmes and Hughes... They're like a couple of backs. They post themselves out yeah. on the wing, don't they? And, and, you know, Holmes had a few handling errors, didn't he? But again, he could have nearly scored a couple of tries. The same with Hughes. I mean, these two brilliant players and pretty quick on their legs as well. Well, he's been he's been the signing of, of the season throughout. You know, there's there's not a better signing this year in the Premiership. And he just goes from strength to strength, Hughes. Uh, absolutely. I mean that 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 was an awesome performance. I thought. Um, so if we if if we look at the backs, what was your view? Uh, the scrum half because uh, Stozaka started. Well, yeah, we were praising him, weren't we? Yeah. I mean, he's. I'd say he's very quick and quick with the ball, isn't he? Um, a lot quicker than Uran, I might add, and his box kicks are longer. Um, I don't think he put a foot wrong, really. That's well, my I, opinion. I would totally, well. totally agree with that. I would say he reminds me of um, Albie Matthewson. In, in how he's over the ball really quick and it's in and he's out and you know he again like we were saying he adds another dimension to that position for us and I think I think the great thing is you know we've got three scrum halves now on form battling for that position so uh, you know it's a great place to be in Sheedy I thought had a pretty good game I thought yeah. kicking um, out of hand was better he was probing finding some space in behind I know we had the one uh, conversion wasn't it that hit yeah, the post one missed yeah I mean, um, gosh has he got some wager on how many times he's going to hit the post this season? I was going to say, it wouldn't be Callum if he didn't hit the post at least once. Yeah, all he's got to do is to make sure he hits the inside of the post so they, <laughs> yeah. they ricochet over the crossbar, though. Um, what, what do we think of the, the centre's performance then, Lee? Bedlow and O'Connor. Well, I, th- I thought, again, Bedlow was, was solid. A little bit disappointed in O'Connor. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Obviously, there was a there was a missed tackle, wasn't there? When they scored the try, yeah. And we don't say that often about Piers O'Connor. We don't. No, we don't. And this isn't this. This is literally just based on the performance Saturday night. Um, obviously, there was a chance that he felt to take. Um, you know, he did a little front row, as Ryan was saying in his piece. Um, I I just thought he was he, he was 
just average for me this week when normally he's above average so I guess like you know everyone's allowed to have a you know a, it wasn't yeah. an off day by any means but it was just a it wasn't quite he wasn't quite as good as he normally is for me yeah, yeah. and I think you know I think Bedloe goes under the radar doesn't he there was a stat saying like he didn't make that many metres but you look at his defence yeah. he's a huge shot for centre isn't he yeah um, and he's just tackle, tackle, tackle. I thought he was brilliant. His kicks are really long. I mean, yes, he's taking all yeah. the drop kicks, isn't he? Um, yeah, I really rate Bedlow, and so I hope we're going to hope we're going to see him a lot more. He's yeah. a, adds another dimension to Hurl and defence. Yeah, yeah, he's, oh, been, he's been very good, very underrated. And then those those back three. Um, you know, I thought Prothero at fullback. Um, we tweeted about this. Um, before the game when uh, our friend Remy told us about what players to look out for and yes. we talked about Prothero chasing lightning bolts for fun um, but wow some great breaks some great lines um, and uh, I, th- I think unlucky not to uh, you know get get all the way and score a try but boys on the wings um, Lee do you want to pick that up? Well I, again I thought Fricker solid you know, he gives us another dimension. He's he's really impressed me actually. He's what he's the one player this season that I think is consistently impressed me. And growing, isn't he? Week yes. in, week yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I, I just solid again. Um, I mean, obviously with the yellow card for Matera. Um, I mean, there was a lot of people saying about it could be debated, it could be read. Um, I thought, to be honest, Fricker took that one in the throat quite well. He, he still managed to tackle the guy as well. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I think we would have been laid out after that. He's not got a glass chin, is he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. And Miles, what do you think well, about Leoa? Um, he was just fantastic as well. Solid defence. He made an amazing run, which he nearly nearly scored a try from. But so yeah, I thought those three uh, together were great. I mean, now he rested Charles Piertel this week, but. I mean, Prothero stepped up, didn't he? He was safe ball in hand, really quick. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, between him and uh, Fricker, well, Frickero, we might call the pair of them. Mm-hmm. I, could, I mean, they were just brilliant, brilliant runners, a pair of them. So, yeah, well done. I, I love seeing Prov as soon as he gets the ball. He's just, he, the, the fans are on, we're all on the edge of our seats when, when Prothero gets the ball. And it's lovely, isn't it? It's, yeah. yeah, you just don't know what he's going to do. No, fantastic. And just before um, we we move away, I just wanted to mention those pink posts. I was watching on the telly and, whoa, is there another rugby club that we know that have got non-white posts? Um, because I don't know, it, it, there was just something about them I found quite mesmerising. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? You know, but I've watched rugby for God knows how many years and... It's always been white posts, and I I'm just fascinated to see posts in club colours. It's lovely to see. So um, a fantastic win for the Bears, as Lee said. You know, um, it might not have been the strongest uh, Stade Français team ever, but to go to Paris and to win, uh, and in such a quite brutal game, really, because you know we we really had to battle that first half, but was super strong in the second half, and you know to be honest. Who would have thought that 
two hookers in Paris would have brought so much joy to so many Bristolians yeah. this weekend. Yeah. So well done, um, uh, Thacker and Capon, for our, those two tries. Hookers at the best. So before we move on to the next section, let's just hear um, let's just hear a little bit of Blackbird from the fans at the stadium on Saturday night. Where are you from? Bristol. Are you proud of your team tonight? Yes, very. Very nice. Who's your man of the match? I think Matt Prothero because of the 90 run and he cut, cut the stab on Satan. Very good, thank you. Do I know where he be? He be at that Wurzel tree and I be after he. Now he sees I, I sees he. Bugger if I don't have he. With a great big stick, I'll have him down. Blackbird, I'll have he. Hi, I'm Nathan Hughes. You're listening to Beers Beyond the Gate. So, boys, we are back to league action next week and um, Saracens away. Now, obviously, we've talked a lot about their points deduction um, and, you know, they are very much focusing on the league. It's going to be a real test for this Bristol Bears team um, and Miles I believe you're you're going to be at the game you're going to be our uh, uh, roving, roving reporter roving, yeah, roving I reporter mean, my, yeah, absolutely I mean my, my good wife has threatened to do a little interview we've, we've declined that thankfully haven't we in advance the Duchess yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah really looking forward to that so going up to Saracens next Saturday going to the game being treated uh, by uh, a friend of my wife who's a Saracen's season ticket holder but I think it'd be great actually yeah really looking forward to it mm. so what do we think about the team then um, and I, I was good, just want to pitch this question and normally we just look one game ahead but obviously with the festive period coming up um, over the course of just over two weeks we've got Saracen's away We've got the big home game at uh, against Wasps at the gate just before New Year. And then obviously that first weekend um, in the New Year, we're away at Leicester. So how is Pat going to play it, boys? First of all, who do you think is going to come back in for Saracens? And also, are we going to go flat out first 15 for all three games? Or are we going to see a bit of chopping and changing as, as we utilise the squad? Lee? <clears throat> right, I'm going to say this is going to sound negative, and I don't want it to because we're riding on a crest of a wave at the moment. But I would say personally, we are the the, the strongest teams that we will put out will be against Wasps and against Leicester. Um, and the reason I'm thinking this is because obviously Saris are, are going to go guns blazing to get five points in every single league game this for the rest of the season now with the deficit um, I'm not going to say we play a weakened side because we don't have any such thing as a weakened side but I would say that the strongest team that we can put out the strongest 15 will play against Leicester and Wasps personally OK but what, what, what do we think about team selection for the uh, Saracens game are we who, who, who are we going to see come back who's, who's going to be in that pack I mean, I I think we're gonna. Well, Jake's gonna have a rest, isn't he? We're gonna definitely give, give Big Jake a rest now. Do you think so for the Saracens game? I, I think we will. I mean, right. Is a foe injured? I've, I've forgotten where John's we are. John's got a niggle, wasn't he? I think there is a niggle, so you can see why he he didn't take part. Um, 
you know, hopefully he'll be back. But Lahif had a, you know, I thought a really he's solid good, yeah. game against he, a, well, a, a big pack in a, France. He's, he's a big a, unit, isn't he? And I think, you know, we're going to go up against Saracens. has got some beasts, haven't they? Um, they rested a Toje this week when they were playing Munster. So he's got to come back. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. Well, maybe let's look at some of the obvious obvious ones. Luatoa is going to is going to return. Yeah. Um, you know, I would think Atwood, having had a, a week off, is going to come He'll back come in. Back. Um, whether that means um, Vui goes back into lock or whether he's going to play flanker, question mark. I'm not. I I, I don't know. Mm. I'd be surprised if Joycey starts. Possibly we might see him on the bench. Nathan Hughes just seems to be one of those players that needs to keep playing. It's almost, yeah. you know, the, the physicality of him yeah, that, yeah. you know, I don't know if almost if he'd stop, he'd kind of seize up. Yeah. He, is he one of those big guys that actually you need to be playing week in, week well, out? Well, he, he seems to be, doesn't he? I mean, he walks off that field with, with either a black eye or, you know, dislocated fingers every week. You know, he only lost a pint of blood this week, I think. <laughs> yeah. But he's a big unit. He's got plenty to lose, hasn't he? And I think there's one interesting jewel there as well. Obviously, uh, Vunapola as uh, Billy Vunapola Polo's yeah. taken his England number yeah. eight spot um, away from him. So, you know, this is a great opportunity to show... Um, Do you think Mr Jones might come along next Saturday? I, and think, he, I think he <laughs> might well be there to, to have a look with, obviously, Six Nations just yeah. around the corner. Yeah. Mm. Um, so... <sighs> I haven't got a seat next to Eddie, by the way. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. Oh, yours is in the Royal Box, isn't it, Mark? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what about the backs then? You would see the Wizard of Oz coming back on the wing, Luke Morahan. Yeah, he came off the bench, didn't he? But I think he's... He was quite strapped, wasn't he? Was that... I, was it a... I, I can't remember. I'm I not quite sure it. what the injury was, but I don't know if Morahan's going to be back. I don't know if he will be back for that Sarri game. Well, he came on a sub, didn't he, for the, mm. the, the last 15, 20 minutes um, in Paris... Um, interestingly, obviously the the centre we've been talking about Bedlow, but he put a hell of a shift in. Yeah, I mean Harrell's got to come back in at some point. I don't know. Yeah, Wait, I mean, when are we going to play him? I mean, we've got we've got three big matches, as we've sort of suggested. Do we target two out of the three um, and, and save some of the better the better boys for that that Wasps home game and the Leicester away? Well, you know, I, in Pat we trust, but. I think for anyone looking at a, a broader perspective, you know, hopefully we're going to have a 20,000 plus um, crowd at the gate uh, mm. for that Wasps game. Actually, what you want those people to go away saying, wow, we've just seen a great game of rugby. We've seen a convincing Bristol Bears win against a struggling Wasps team. Mm, yeah. You know, almost from a marketing perspective, you would want to, it's probably the easiest game on paper. It's at home and then against a struggling team. You know, I, I think part of me wants to see our absolute first 15 out for that game, but whether Pat will think, actually, I can bring a few of the squad players in because we're at home and it's only Wasps and they're struggling. Is that the one where maybe he rests a few? Miles, your thought then? Oh, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, you know, we we, we can't send a, 
a rubbish team to Saracens, we'd get slammed, wouldn't we, if we got absolutely trounced there. But as we said, Saracens are desperate for points. They're looking for five points every match now, aren't they? As I said, they've saved a couple of big boys in Europe this weekend. The Toje's coming back. I mean, it's the home, isn't it? Yeah. They could be thinking, you know, we might be in deficit points, but we're still the best team in the league. We're going to yeah. absolutely smash Bristol. Um, yeah, but we've got to put a good team out. We can't go there and get embarrassed, can we? I, I, I think there will be like three or four changes for each of these games, and depending on injuries, who's got little niggles. But I think Pat will will rotate it a little bit. Um, but possibly Luatoa now he's had a you know a couple of weeks off. We might see him yeah. uh, through those three games. Nathan Hughes injury permitting, I think we'll see him through those three games. Um, and it'll be interesting, actually. You know, is Sheedy now back in the slot number ten? Um, on on a, on a personal level, I was a bit sad that Madigan didn't get yeah. in the squad for yeah, the, 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 yeah. the, the game at Stade Francais. Um, you know, is, is he going to come back into the reckoning? Do you want a experienced ten on the bench? Um, but Yian Lloyd's been there every game this season, so I remember he kicked the winner against Saracens at home last for us last season, didn't he, Madigan? So he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's interesting. It's going to be fascinating. Um, so we look forward to that and three cracking games of of rugby um, over the Christmas period. So uh, very much look forward to that, and let's hope the Bears are still up and above um, up up towards the top of the league, if not top of the league, as we enter 2020. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn and Podbean. You can contact the show with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at bearsbeyondgate or like our Bears Beyond the Gate Facebook page. Right, um, we talked a little bit, as we have done throughout the 14 episodes so far, uh, about merchandise. Um, and I did say on last week's pod I'd emailed the club. Um, I got a response from Bristol Bears to say merchandise is the responsibility of um, Bristol Sports. So I have uh, emailed the press office at Bristol Sport. Um, I've emailed them twice now with no response. Um, I got through to the stadium and was given a mobile phone number to ring. I've left the message. Um, and so far, I've had no response, which, you know, I've I, I, worked, I worked, do work in public relations. Uh, and I just find it really disappointing that um, people just aren't getting back to us. OK, we might not be Sky Sports News, um, but we are um, as, as podcasters, as bloggers and vloggers are. Um, in the 21st century, we're, we're part of the media and not to get any response is disappointing. Yeah. But for the listeners out there, we will continue to pursue this or we've um, asked for the club to put someone up for an interview on a, a, a future podcast or give us comment on some of the questions that we've asked about, which is around the, the quality, the range, um, the, the, the lack of um, sizes um, for, for many of the, the, the small range that they've got. And of course, very importantly as well, the fact that there's not a ladies range or any ladies fits in the game shirts. Um, and I, 
I mean, again, social media, Margie put something up on, on Facebook and <laughs> blimey, the, the stream of comments just Absolutely. exploded, didn't they? I mean, it's, 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 I mean, Bristol Sports they put out an email this week to all their supporters saying, order in time for Christmas um, by this date. You go on, have a look at sort of the bog standard range and there's no sizes for normal human beings, yeah. even yeah. for our big mate Lee here. Hmm. Um, he's not quite a five XL, is he? Well, no. Maybe after maybe Christmas. No way. <laughs> and a barrage of responses. It's like this is just outrageous. So you know, you don't send out an email inviting people to buy your kit when you when you can't any. supply it and you haven't got any. Absolutely, it's and you just terrible. You think last weekend that Stade Francais game? We're, we're recording this on Sunday night. Um, so last weekend, the game at Ashton Gate against Stade Francais was the last time that people potentially are visiting the ground before Christmas. It was the last game before yeah. Christmas. That club shop should have been packed with things yes. to buy yeah. in all sizes and it was in a, a pretty pitiful state. And so, the thing is, Tone, I mean we're not we're not on our own with this. It's not you know, we, it's, it wasn't just me getting the arse ache about there was no gilet in my size or a beanie hat. There are so many comments from Miles, from your Facebook yeah. uh, comment. You know, so many people are frustrated by the same, the same fact that they can't buy any merchandise, and it's it's crazy, and it's, it just seems to be rumbling on. And like you say, we're we're a week away now from Christmas, and so we've got cold heads, still, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. Well. We will pursue that. Let, let's move on because, you know, it's quite a packed show. We've had lots of um, guest um, people uh, giving us bits of information from the, the Stad game. So I do want to keep things moving along. Just a couple of things we've picked up. Um, we've got loads of people that follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. And a couple of quick fire questions I want to get your views on um, from a couple of things that have come up this week on Twitter. So the first one is John, who's uh, uh, got the Twitter handle of at Big Bristolian. Um, and he has talked about, and I, I looked back on the, the kind of stats on this, that Bristol, in every league game this season, we have scored a try in the last 10 minutes. And of course, we've just had the game in Paris, try in the last two minutes there. Um, and he's, he's absolutely correct. Every league game we have scored in the last 10 minutes and quite often late on. Lee, what does that say about this Bristol Bears team this year? Well, I'd say it was a great shot by John to start with. Um, also, obviously, it was three tries last week as well in the last 15, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it testifies to the fitness that Pat Lamb's uh, brought into this team now. Um, and we're becoming a team that's battle-hardened, I think. You know, And we literally don't give up. We, we fight until the end. And... It's such a credit that we're to, to the side that we're actually doing. You know, we're scoring these tries so late on against teams that are, are equally as fit, but we just seem to keep knocking on the door. Yeah. I mean, that's not that's not the team we used to know of Bristol, was it? We just let the game slide in the last ten minutes, and it was so predictable year after year, wasn't it? Yeah. But it's, it's a great stat to find that we're now scoring in every last ten minutes. It just shows our strength and character and fitness. I mean, yeah, it's brilliant. I think to go with the fitness, there's that belief that we can win, um, and also I think 
strong benches that are coming on and just slot in, don't disrupt the game plan. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen people like Thacker, um, you know, in Paris, just came in, did the job, scored the try. Well, he's like Jimmy Greaves, isn't he, Facts. I mean, the amount of fox, fox in the box, he is. is the amount of tries that he scores for us is unbelievable, really. So, great stat, John. Thanks for making us aware of that. Um, and then the second one I just wanted to pick up on was from Will J. Jones um, with the Twitter handle at SkillWill2002 um, around the number 10. Fly half. Come on, we're well, going to have a debate on this one, yeah, aren't we? Because we? We, we did say that we were just disappointed that, that Mads didn't get a start in France this weekend after playing a corker of a game at Ashton Gate last weekend. Um, you know, we've discussed that you know a good quality 10 can't have a good kicking game one week and a bad kicking game the next, i.e. Mr Sheedy. Um it's a tough one, isn't it? Your heart wants to say Mads, doesn't it? Well, it's it's tough because we've, I think, because we've got one experienced international, yeah, in Mads, who we we know exactly what he gives our team. But then, equally on the flip side of that, we've got Callum Sheedy, who is the future. And it's, I mean, you could toss a coin, really. I think, but I think Callum. Is he's got so much potential? Well, let me just read out what Will uh, J. Jones said to us. Bears beyond the gate, lads. Thoughts on one position no one can claim fully. That's the number 10. Will it be Sheedy? Will it be Mads? Or is it going to be a new signing? Now, I think a couple of weeks ago we talked about George Ford, didn't we? I think there's we know there's been talk there. Um, it doesn't look like he's going to come. So clearly Pat does have in mind whether we do need to strengthen that position, suggesting maybe at least one of those senior 10s are on the way and we, we probably think it, that that's going to be Madigan. Um, you know, we haven't got a Cipriani at Gloucester, have we? We haven't got a Farrell at Saracens that you can say that is the club number 10 and uh, they are going to play in all the big important games. Sheedy con- continues to develop as a player. And I think one of the things we were talking about just before the podcast was around his, his kind of distance kicking, Lee. I think you, you mentioned that, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... You know, I, I was alluding to the fact that I mean, Callum gives you so many options, but in terms of distance, kicking out of hand, this kick, is kicking out of hand, distance-wise. We, I, th- I hate to to say this, but I think we need someone who can kick a little bit more into the corners, deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And which I do hate saying that yeah, because I, I love exactly. shooting. I mean, as we've noticed when we've said when Bedloe comes on. He's given that role, isn't he? Yeah. He absolutely hoofs it. And I think we've alluded to the fact that we still think uh, an international sort of class nine and ten is where we need to go. Well, it's funny because, I mean, obviously it was only a couple of years ago that uh, Nicolas Sanchez was actually mentioned. He was linked with Bristol Bears. And, you know, dare I say it, that's the type of guy that you do need someone who can stick it deep in the corners and then, you know, you got possession from there, yeah. you know. I mean, I just... Yeah, I, I think it's one that's going to rumble on. Is Sheedy going to go into become that international fly half that let's let's all hope 
well, when he decides which country, of course, because I think he's got... Did I read somewhere he's got an England shirt, a Wales shirt, and an Ireland shirt all, all at home, so... Um, Freeway. You know, As Miles would like to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is he going to become that international number 10? Madigan, you know, is his, his time limited at Bristol? Are we going to see a 10 come in? I have a thought, but I'm going to save that for a future podcast before revealing that. Um, let's finish quickly this episode with gets my goat um, and one thing that um having watched the world cup and all the games so far in the domestic season that i have to say gets my goat is the emergence of the caterpillar um i think it just slows the game down it's dull for spectators to watch um, it stops really uh, the excitement of kicks getting blocked. Um, I, I just think I'm not sure what rule change potentially could be made, whether it's just a matter of referees saying, come on, you've got to use the ball quicker. I don't know. It just gets my goat when you're at a ruck and then all of a sudden people are being called in from all sides of the pitch to get this little chain of four, five, six players sometimes just for the scrum after, then boot it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know my views, Tane. I mean, it's, for me, it completely destroys the game. And it's, it's, um, it's something I hope that for next season we do have rule changes that we can stamp it out personally. Oh, I think so. I mean, there was, that, it was interesting. I was listening to something this week. They were giving some jip to a uh, scrum half saying, what's your job? You just kick, throw and kick, don't you? And explaining how difficult box kicks are. But you're right, this is just, you know, it's slowing them down, isn't it? And it's just not producing a challenging role for them. They can no. just take their time. Lack of blocks. Yeah, it doesn't make the game very exciting, does it? It's rubbish. Get rid yes. of it. It gets, it gets our go collectively. Caterpillar, it's time to go. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you to everybody that's contributed, whether in the room with me today or whether sending in um, comments. Uh, thank you to Remy. Thank you to Ryan. Thank you to Pete. Pete, look forward to you getting back safely from Austria. With your lederhosen, maybe. With, yeah, or with, well, without, hopefully. Uh, you're a I don't want to think about that. Um, we'll be back uh, with a review of the Saracens game next week. So until then, come on, Briz. <laughs> <laughs>